Blog Talk Radio. Good Saturday morning and welcome to you, my Blog Talk Radio friends. Welcome to Off the Shelf on this Saturday. And it is a gorgeous, gorgeous day, June 25th, 2011. Thank you so much for joining us here this morning before the holiday weekend comes upon us. It's such a joy to have you here with us. I thank all of our faithful and loyal listeners who've been with us for seven years. For those who are tuning in for the first time, let me introduce myself to you. I'm your host, Denise Turney, coming to you live from the city of brotherly love, and that is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And again, I thank you for your support, and I encourage you to not let another day pass before you pick up a copy of Long Walk Up. It's actually my latest published book, and it's a powerfully moving, inspirational book about a young girl's journey in East Africa after her mother passes away and her glorious, glorious destiny, which you will be shocked and marveled and motivated and inspired by. And you can pick up a copy of Long Walk Up today by visiting www.chistol.com. T-E-L-L dot com. You can also get a copy of Long Walk Up at any bookseller. If you don't see it on the shelf, just ask the clerk for it. And now, let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest here with us this Saturday morning. And our guest is talking about a topic that is new for off-the-shelf. I was just thinking in seven years the many authors, the many guests that we've had, business owners and editors and, and publishers and poets and authors, this this book is different. So I hope you guys really, really tune in, listen, listen, pay attention, and enjoy today's show. And our special guest today is Robert Leon Davis. Robert is a former New Orleans, Louisiana police officer. He attended La La. Loyola, and I know I'm pronouncing it wrong, university where he studied criminal law. And after serving on the police force, his life started to mimic to me, as I was researching for the today's show, his life started to mimic a little bit the movie, and I won't say all the events, certainly not in it, from the movie Training Day that Denzel Washington was in. And the events in the story that he goes through make up his book, Running Scared. Robert is also the author of the books Legal Minds, Cop Out, and The Story That Must Be Told. He either is, is contributed to the books or authored them solely on his own. Uh, and and the, 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 the story that must be told is a compilation of transformation stories, how people's lives were transformed, and it's edited by Irene Watson and Victor Volkman. We are so glad to have Robert Leon Davis here with us this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Robert. Good to be on the show. Good to be on the show. It's so so happy to have you here with us. The story that must be told in Legal Minds, were these both published in 2007, is that correct? Uh, Yeah, uh, Legal Minds was actually published. uh, I have a co-author uh, with that one, Dr. Roxanne Davison. Uh, she and I uh, co-wrote that book. Uh, the story that must be told is actually, I really had nothing to do with it. It was the, uh, two other researchers and authors that was uh, going around the world and trying to pick up the 21 best inspirational stories in the world. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, so they happened to uh, uh, select my book, uh, and uh, 
that was a very good, I mean, I'm, I'm proud of that moment because they, you know, they saw some merit that uh, in my story that, because uh, it's all about transformation uh, is what all this is all about. So that particular book was actually written by two other authors. So that was an honor to be included as one of the oh. 21 people in the world that had a, an amazing wow, yes. story. Wow. Did you see the movie Training Day with Denzel Washington? I I couldn't stop. I couldn't help but to think about <laughs> that movie while I was yes, researching for yes. your interview. Did you see it? Yeah, uh, yeah, I did see it. And you're right. Uh, that story uh, mimics my story uh, pretty much. I mean, matter of fact, uh, when my book Cop Out came out, uh, it, many kind of, many people thought that that movie was actually based on ah. my story. You know, wow. which it wasn't that I that I know of. Let me put it to you that way. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> you know, because he takes when Denzel first there's a, there's a line, and I'm not going to talk about the training day. I'm going to talk about your books, but there is a line in the in the in the training day. You know, you see Denzel. He starts off. He's just like really honestly going to train this guy, but in some kind of a uh, he's got this different style that he's going to train him, and you don't realize at first that this guy's. He's gone wrong, but Denzel says something to him as the other cop. Uh, he doesn't want to do the wrong that Denzel's trying to encourage him to do. Denzel's actually setting him up so he could cover his shown tracks later. <laughs> but but the, he says to the guy, "You're doing." He said, I, I, "You're doing the right thing." I was just like you, and I when I first joined the for, force, I really thought doing the right thing would help make society better. And then I guess he he started to see that you know what, no matter how much I told a line and 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 do what is right people still going to steal people still going to kill people still going to do what they do want to do so what's it what's the difference what's it matter how how hard is it when you look out at society and that you don't have to be a police officer to do that that might be why a lot of people some people who join gangs some people who do commit crimes might be why they do them because they look around and they see even if I don't do this, and I've heard people who sell drugs say this, even if I don't do it and you get me off the streets, somebody else going to take my spot. That's actually a line in, I think, uh, New Jack City. As soon, if you get me off and put me in jail, you didn't stop it. Somebody else going to be standing right where I'm standing in a couple of days. It, how tempting is it when you look at society and you say, wow, there are a lot of people who are doing a lot of good, but it's still a lot of people who do wrong. And you might say, what's it matter whether I do right or wrong? How hard is it not to take on that mindset? Well, it's very difficult uh, because it really takes a courageous person that's sort of willing to take on the world kind of thing. Uh, uh, just like what you referenced us with that movie, uh, it was same, the same way with me when I got on the New Orleans Police Department. You know, I got on with great hopes of trying to make a difference. And when you get on there, you begin to uh, you begin to see the corruption. Not only the corruption that uh, the criminals are committing, but the corruption within the police department itself. And and that's what I met up with. Uh, I can remember my first day out of the academy. Uh, I, I was paired with a senior partner, and uh, uh, one of the first things that I still saw him do was something that was against what we were taught to do, which was he was stopping people for absolutely no reason at all, just based upon how they look, you know. And uh, I remember I, I, I asked him about that, and the very first thing out of his mouth was, listen, what you were taught in the police academy is different than what it is on the street. 
And uh, wow. at that time, I was introduced to to corruption at that very moment. So why moment. just why why for for people who are off the shelf listeners, a cop can just they they'll pull you over and they say if they have a reasonable cause or some suspicion about you, they can pull you over. How would you know? You wouldn't know as an everyday citizen that you got pulled over because they just pulling over everybody who I don't know have on a pink shirt. You wouldn't know that. If you got pulled over, are there like reasons that a cop can't just pull you over for nothing? Well, you wouldn't know that as an everyday to. citizen, though. You wouldn't know it. Yeah, he's not supposed to. He's supposed to have probable cause. But the thing about it is, he can cover himself. I mean, he can stop you just because he don't like the way you look. But then he can cover himself some other kind of way. For instance, you might have a broken headlight, you know, which is not really a crime. You know what I'm saying? You may have a crack in your windshield. Uh, technically, he can stop you. You could have some bald tires. He can technically stop you to say that's a safety hazard. You see where I'm going? Uh, mm-hmm. So he he could cover himself, and he's not supposed to do it, but how can you prove it? And uh, right. that's why it takes wow. honor. It really takes honor. It really takes honor and character to become a police officer wow. and to be a good police officer. It really does. I've heard yeah. I've heard this said. This was years ago. I've heard people say that the psyche of a lot of cops is is similar to the psyche of a lot of people that actually are working to apprehend. It's, they just on different sides of the street, but <laughs> the psyche is similar, which makes you wonder sometimes when you think about the corruption that does go on the police force. Now, on, in that movie Training Day, it made it look like it was just Denzel and his little group of people, and then those five uh, was the five henchmen that they were very, you know, they had like judges and in, in high places that they were corrupt. And then if you watch any mob movie, and you see how that's how the the, the underworld can continue because people who suppose like prosecutors and whatnot supposed to be and judges doing something about it, and people in Congress they actually getting paid off. So they turn in the other way. They just so they can keep a pacifier in the public's mouth, make it look like they really do care about stopping the crime. But there's another movie I wanted to reference when I thought about uh, you and your book, uh, Running Scared, was Serpico. Now, that really exposed the corruption in the New York Police Department, and that was an eye-opener. That didn't just, like, focus on, like, a one police officer, like in the training day. It just showed you the whole... Police Department, Serpico, and he, he he literally had to get on the run for his life because he was telling the truth about the corruption. Was the corruption as bad on the New Orleans police force when you were serving as a cop as w- what we saw in that movie Serpico with Al Pacino? Oh, yeah, uh, and, and that movie, uh, I'm glad you referenced that. Uh, my life started off with the, the Denzel scenario as being a bad cop. But now it's ended sort of like the surgical character in that now that I have experienced that corruption, now all my books and all my articles and all my interviews and television appearances, it's based upon trying to expose corruption. And what better person to expose police corruption than an ex-corrupt officer? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, because you know the inside. I know the insides and outs. I know the tricks. So therefore, uh, uh, during the past years, uh, it's, it's it's calmed down now. It's not as bad as before. But upon the release of my book, uh, I was threatened, I mean, just threatened big time by a lot of police officers. Uh, I can imagine. 
Wow. Wow. Oh my goodness. You know, why do you think why do you think, Robert, and I know you said your first day out, you you when you're being trained after you get out of uh the academy mm-hmm. and the guy's just stopping people for no reason and you ask him, Well like, why are you doing this? And he says, Forget forget what you learned in the academy. It's not like this on the street and I and that that does make sense because in the academy, there's no real nobody committing a real crime in the academy, and on the street, it's like even going to the military, boot camp and real military life, they're not the same. So that, I think that right. that probably in any any industry or any work area probably would be different. Why do you think cops choose to break the law, knowing that if they get discovered, because cops do get they and in Philly they just got a couple of cops who would who were arresting people and taking their drugs in another movie, American Gangster, what really happened? They were taking, did this really happen? They were taking their oh, drugs yeah. and these five cops got busted because they were reselling the drugs. Even after seeing that movie, they still, you know this happens to people and you still do that? Why do you think cops choose to break the law? And what was the breaking point for you that made you decide to go on the other side of the law yourself? Well, I think uh, my reasons, and I'm asked that all the time, and, and, and I've heard that my reasons are controversial. Now, I don't look at them as controversial. That's why I repeat them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> if I thought it was controversial, I wouldn't repeat it. My my reason that there's corrupt officers is the same reason why you got corrupt bartenders, corrupt uh, barbers, corrupt cosmetologists, corrupt teachers, corrupt cab drivers. Uh, the Bible tell you that there ain't no good thing in no man, that no man on this earth is perfect, you know? Right. So, therefore, my reason is coming from a biblical standpoint that man in and of himself is corrupt, and he can act at times honorably, but that his core belief is to be dishonest, to be corrupt, and that that's why Jesus Christ came in the world so that that corruption could be tamed, so to speak, or eradicated. So if you look at it from a biblical standpoint, it's not controversial at all. It's telling you that, you know, uh, how how man is. I mean, listen, a police officer. Let me tell you why today you will get you will get spectators or, or people that would say uh, this when he's arrested. This officer is the best officer I've ever met. And then the other mm-hmm. side would say this officer is the worst officer. Let me give you the key on that. When a police officer, a police officer can wake up this morning in Philly, and he can say, for instance, stop you on Avenue Eight and fix your flat tire mm-hmm. and leave. You're going to say nice things about this guy, right? Five minutes later, when he get on the other side of town, he gets to Avenue C. He may take and whoop the Daylight out of a citizen for nothing. So that citizen mm. say this is the most. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, yeah. A cop, a cop is like a man, a normal man. He is a normal man. He is not good consistently all the time. He shows or exhibits signs of goodness, of honor. But his core, I'm saying, me, you, and everybody, our core is mm. that is that sin, is that evil, that corruption. And, wow. and and so it's going to sh- you, you follow what I'm saying? So I don't see it yeah, being controversial at all. I mean, you know, you 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 got corruption in almost every vocation, you know. And uh, 
that's just the, that's just the fact of life. So I don't see it as as controversial. Uh, had I known that, had I known that, uh, are you there? I'm here. I'm listening to you, okay. Robert. Uh, yeah, I just had a. It was just a sound like a dead spot, but yeah. So uh, no, 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 I don't I'm see the, this. We, we we tuning in to you. Yeah, I don't see it as controversial at all. Now, what flipped me towards doing the Serpico type thing, where I started exposing, was how that corruption that existed in the past, at least how it corrupt my life. I mean, you know, I, I lost, at the time, I lost my vocation. Uh, I was an award-winning police officer, you know, going up the ladder real quick. Uh, I lost the then wife at the time. I lost my children. I lost my house. Wow. I lost everything. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Uh, 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 I almost called you Serpico. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Robert, how did, how, did you, how did you reconcile while you were, and this is interesting, and, and yes, we have these images, which, which uh, I tell my son this, we have these images, and they're PR people, and I'm sure the police officer has their PR crews that create these images, whether they're athletes, entertainers, or whatever we're doing. We have them of ministers. That's why when people hear a minister, there's something that's shocked. We have these images of people that certain professions are just above doing wrong. We just we just think that these people, because you're a judge, there's no way you could ever do wrong. You you, you just can't. If you're a minister, you can never do wrong. Because this, you know, and that's what you're saying, that nobody is beyond that. But we do in our minds think that certain professions, a doctor, a judge, a minister, a police officer, once you get that uniform on, you are only going to do right. And we forget that we all are human. How did you reconcile in yourself? This I'm very curious to know this. How did you reconcile in yourself? And we all at different times in our lives struggle with this you know what you're doing is not right but somehow you there's some motive some payoff you think could be money could be just feeling respected or whatever and continuing to do it but so there's a conflict you're like i know this is wrong but i like the money or whatever so i'm going to keep doing it how did you deal with that conflict in yourself as you knew you were doing something you you should not have done, but you went and did it anyway. How did you continue to reconcile that conflict in yourself? Well, just like any other criminal, uh, you believe you're not going to get caught. That, that's, what, that's the overriding thing. If you knew, if you could see, uh, if you had a, uh, some kind of crystal ball that would show you 12 hours later you're going to get caught for this action, believe me, ah. you wouldn't do it. This is why I'm on the cutting edge now with which I think I've had the remedy or one of the answers to how to to uh, get rid of corruption on the police department. And it's it, that also has been very controversial. But uh, from what I'm told, uh, some of the police departments are, 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 are maybe thinking about doing this, but I've been explaining. Wow. And that is, uh, to me, it's, it's a very basic approach with it. Uh, you know, uh, Denise, that right now you can go on television and look at movies like 48 Hours, Cops, Bait Cars, all this kind of stuff. Right. Well, why not do the same thing with your police internal affairs division to the police officers? In other words, wow. have a lady. You follow what I'm saying? Have a lady. Yeah. That's, that's a police officer walking out in the street with a, or, or have a flat tire at 2 o'clock in the morning. 
and then tape and see how the officers respond. Have a wow. Guy walk, you follow what I'm saying? Yeah. Have a guy walk down the street uh, and seemingly don't belong. Maybe put some dreadlocks on him and, and some earrings and, 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 and underwear showing and have him walk down the influential area, see what the police do. What you have to do is the same thing they're doing to us, and that is you have to have the threat of in, of trapping them. You see what wow. I'm saying? And they wow. don't know that this lady they're stopping could be a police officer themselves. Yeah. This whole action. What do you think he's gonna do? He's gonna he's gonna tighten his belt up. It's the oh only way goodness. that you can do it. I yes, and that's do you know what? That is an awesome idea because when you think about it, you just said it. Why do we do the wrong we do? We think nobody's gonna see me. Because you I'm, think you're I'm not, get away I'm with not, it. I'm not going to get caught. I'm going to get away with it. And right. even even sometimes after we've gotten caught before and gone to juvie or gone to prison, then we still think, but I got this down now. I can do. I can break in a house a lot better and not get caught. Some of us don't. Right. Almost don't ever learn. But um, it, the, well, the for some reason, might not for get some caught. reason. For some reason, many of the people say I'm controversial. And to me, you're seeing the light of it. And maybe, I mean, I don't see that as controversial. To me, that's why. Oh, no. No, I think I mean, it if would you be could that. catch, if you can bait me with a bait car, if you can put a stolen car in my neighborhood and you can test my resolve to get in that car not film me, have audio and videotape of me stealing the car, and you bring me to jail, why can't I do the same thing to you as an officer? Yes. Yeah, you know, let you stop a guy that's got put three thousand dollars in cash on him, you know, and let him get stopped, and then all of a sudden the cop takes the guy's money. You know who the cop? You know when you get to court, the judge is going to lean towards the police officer. But if there's yeah. a videotape, if that was actually an officer and that money was was marked and a video and audio tape showing it, then we got one a bad officer off the street, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Just I like mean, what happened again. Yeah, what make I didn't mean to cut y'all, but what make you think or anybody think that a police officer is 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 outside the scope of the law? He is not exactly. the law. He's supposed to enforce the law. And and going back on something you just said about people who 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 we tend to put uh, in honorable positions, that's the one person you need to test. And I'm talking about preachers and ministers. Look, look what's happening in the last yeah. ten years. Some of your most powerful preachers in the world have been taken down or in controversy. Uh, Jesse Jackson, yeah. Jimmy Swaggett, Jim Baker, uh, another guy you hear up here in uh, Atlanta. I can't think of his name, but you heard him. He was on national TV saying that he wasn't involved with the oh the yeah, Bishop Eddie Long. Yeah, all of a sudden he settled out of court. So that tells you a lot there. But that's a whole other story. But what I'm trying to say is is that the people that you think are the people that you put at the top, that's the very one you need to watch. Wow. Yeah, but but we do. We put them, and I don't know, I think part of that might come, we want as humans to really believe there's a human so good they wouldn't do wrong. We want to believe it, it. And so happen. I think that we... It ain't No, I know that, but we want to believe that. What What happened, Robert? To cause you, you're, you're a war-winning police officer. What happened to cause you to say, "I'm going on the lam, I'm going on the run"? What what well, what, it what was happened? A basic to, thing. It was a basic thing of survival. When I got busted uh, and doing what I was doing, because I laid out in my book, you read it. I don't hold nothing back. I think anybody write a book, 
you know, she'd come clean with everything. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. it, it, it wasn't a court order that I had to do or anything. I did it on my own for, for various reasons, and and I did wrong, and, and, and I was busted and I was arrested. And answering your question, I was uh, was going to be sent to state prison, which was a place here called Angola, which is this very renowned place for yeah. prisoners. And there were the word came down. Now you you put this in your mind, okay? Uh, picture this: I'm going to Angola, and I'm looking at 30 years. Mm. I'm a young 23 year old cop now. I'm busted. Oh my goodness! Okay? Now I've put in 40 people in the place that I'm going to, okay? <laughs> and the word oh, comes yeah. down that yeah. this officer, uh, Robin Leon Davis, we got a special party awaiting him when he get here. Yeah. Oh. I knew that meant that they was going to rape and kill me. I wasn't going to last 24 hours. So it was a no-brainer for me. I had I only had one choice and one choice alone, and that was to go on the lab. Wow. There was no way because if I would have went into that prison, I wouldn't have lasted two wow. hours, and he would have been dead. So I begin to think, how is it, or where is it? Because being I was a police officer, how could I run? Because I knew that the moment I found the U.S. Marshals and FBI would be on my track because I'm an ex-cop. Wow! And so we got to get him off the street because of his knowledge. And the only place I could think about going, I said, the run. And I said that would be the woods, the forests. That would be the one place I could run that they couldn't catch me at. And so I went into the library. Go ahead. I I had to ask you this. 22 years. How did you, did you, had you lived, had not lived, of course, but had you been in the woods, deep in the woods before? Now, if you were, if I was talking to you right now, you told me, you told me I was in Vietnam, then I became a police officer, then I would put the, yeah. put it all together. How did you no. even? You 23. I'm thinking, yeah. you don't think there's no dense forest in New Orleans that I know of. How did you even have the experience to know how to survive out there? Well, that's what I was leading to. What I did was I went into the library. And I picked up, and I probably, you know how you sit there at the table and you have all your books on the table? Mm-hmm. I had about I had about 15 books on the table that I would read daily, and they were all books dealing with how to how to kill animals, how to wow. feed them, how to cook them, uh, weather techniques, topography techniques, hiking techniques, what plants to eat, what plants I couldn't eat. I began to study everything involved with trying to live in the wood environment by myself. First aid, you know, because I wouldn't be able to go to the doctor on my own, you know, uh, medicines that I could use by making out of certain leaves or trees or roots. I began to just got, I got, I absorbed myself into trying to think, how could I do this? And I went, I studied about six weeks straight before I actually went out there. And you you I'm, you are definitely a, a, you're a smart, you sound like a smart person to me. I think most people would have just took off. Most people well, would have just I, took I, off. Well, they probably would have, but you got to think in mind. I was still a police officer, so and 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 I was educated. Went to college, had studied criminal law, and being I was educated, I, I think you got to look at the fact that I was being logical about the situation and that. 
other than the people taking off, you see, there wouldn't have been no 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 active track for them because that's just Joe Blow, and we figure we'll catch him in Philadelphia or California one day, you know, and that's it. But you got to keep in mind, I'm a police officer about to go on the lamb. Now, other officers, if they can catch me, Denise, they can build their careers up on my capture. Uh, you follow yeah. what I'm saying? All of a sudden, mm-hmm. a, a sergeant can make lieutenant, and a lieutenant right. can make captain if we can catch what right. I take. You follow what I'm saying? So I, right. was, I was, a, yeah, it was a different kind of thing. And when you got the U.S. Marshals and FBI looking for you, uh, baby, mm. listen, you, you better be right. And to get away from them for 22 years, that was a, it was an achievement in itself because, uh, like I said, when, when to show you how long I was gone. Uh, I left at 23, so uh, I was gone. Uh, I missed all of, I missed uh, most of my 20s, all of my 30s, and half of my 40s. Wow. That's wow. put it in the context. Wow. Oh, my God. How long were you on the force before you, you know, four you years. were, they, they, they told, three years? Oh, three my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And you got to keep in mind. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how, how, I come from I got so many. nine <laughs> There's nine siblings in my family. I, I never saw oh. my brothers and sisters for all those years. Oh my! Oh my God! Did you never like? You know how you watch television, and somebody can sneak away and and call home and just say, "Mom, I'm okay," and then that's it. Did you ever get in touch with your family at you any point? You can't do that, as a, you know, because here's the problem. Again, I'm a police officer. The time that a human is at his weakest if he's on the run is Thanksgiving, Christmas, oh. birthdays. That would be the time they would tap my my relatives' phones. Yeah, okay. they would tap the lab, you know, to try to find out where I'm at. So those, I mean, when you run, the way that I was running, you had to actually forget, like in my case, I was born and raised in New Orleans, you had to actually forget Louisiana, period. You're not going to even go there no more. Aunts and uncles, daddies and mamas, and I got five brothers and three sisters. That means all these people you would never see again. Wow. So you had planned on doing this. You had planned on running for the rest of your life. Did you have any close encounters where you thought, oh, my God, somebody is right on my heels? And how much time, Robert, would you say if you had to, would you say you spent, like, in the forest versus maybe staying at somebody's house or a stranger lets you in. Uh how much time were you actually out in the in the in nature doing these twenty two uh, years? Probably about because I would come into the cities occasionally and make a little money, make maybe make twenty dollars washing the car or something just to get some supplies, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Camping supplies and go back in the woods. I would say out there twenty two years, I probably was out there in the woods a good eighteen of them. Wow. Yeah, a good 18 years. I mean, I had lost all. I, I talk about it in running scared. Uh, I had lost all. At one point I was out there, I sort of lost all, uh, uh, I guess you might say, all uh, all the connection with humanity. I was out so wow. long at one point. I oh think it was goodness. like a two-and-a-half-year stretch where it was just like um uh, if you saw me, you you thought I was an animal. I mean, my hair was in like dreadlocks, wow. full big beard. Uh, I was out in the woods. I was living and thinking like an animal. Uh, I was cold as an animal. Everything involved around one thing, and that was food, eat, sleep. That's it. Uh, you know. Wow. And I, I, 
But what was strange about my journey was uh, I didn't carry much with me, but for some strange reason, uh, I only carried three books with me. Uh, one was a book on plants, you know, the kind of, you know, identity of plants. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was a book by written by an English guy named Thomas Bayes. It, it dealt with logic and stuff like that, which is what I dealt with, how I stayed on the run, is dealing with what's logical. And this other book that I never could figure out why I took with me, Denise, was a, was a dictionary. And oh. I read the dictionary and I became, but here's the twist behind it. When I surrendered and gave myself up, I realized that the dictionary is what helped me write books. In other words, I had no form of, you see, I had no formal education in English or editorial work, and that's why my publishers were shocked that when I wrote the manuscript, they went over it to make corrections and couldn't find anything to make a correction on. Wow. Because wow. I understood oh how to write. So what my point hap- is, is that that was God, that was God then training me. Oh, yeah, to preparing give you for the for your book preparing for the book writing. Right. What what happens, Robert, to cause you? you okay, you've been running twenty two years. You had to have thought at that point, I could run for forever, and they probably never <laughs> find me. What what happened to cause you to say? I'm, I'm not going to run anymore. Did you miss your family so much that you said, I'm, I'm going home? What happened to cause you to say, I'm going to turn myself in? No, family. I had long forgot about family. I think at about the five or six-year mark, I was finished with family uh, completely. Wow. That was completely. That was completely gone. The family thing was gone a long time ago. Matter of fact, I had seen many people that tried to come into the woods, many criminals that would find them with themselves out in the woods and, and uh, once they saw that how long I had been out there and how I was living, they turned themselves in. They said, I can't live like this, you know. So I've seen a lot of people come and go. And, Isn't uh, that something? Know, oh, Robert, you are absolutely yeah. amazing me. And I was going to that, mm-hmm. that I was gonna ask do you, there wherever we go, you could be somebody living underground because there's under, an under, underground. They say there's underground oh, yeah. up under the cities we live in in the sewers yeah. and stuff that connect, you can live underground where nobody even knows this stuff exists, and you run into people under there. Well, that was one of the things, that was one of the things too, that that, that uh, I made mention of to a lot of police departments and stuff that, again, quote-unquote controversial, that if you really wanted to catch your hardcore criminals, especially like people that are on the FBI 10 most wanted list and stuff, what you do is, this is how you do them. You you visit sites like bus stations. You will find a ton of criminals hanging around bus stations. You will go to you will go to missions, Salvation Armies. That's where they hang at. That's where they hang at. Mm. You know, and wow. uh, and uh, you know, I mean, and going back to your question, I mean, you got to keep in mind they never did catch me. I surrendered. Yeah. And going back to your question, you say what made me surrender? Keep in mind, for these twenty-two years, I'm an atheist. Uh, you know, because I don't, there's no way in the world you can be gone 22 years and living like that and believe in God. I mean, you know, you, you know, and, and leave family and everything without becoming an atheist. Uh, you know, you, you become, you become like an animal. And, uh, and were you, were you remember, bitter? Had you become very bitter yeah, about yeah. life? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, why not? I mean, I lost my wife. I lost my vocation. I lost my house. I lost my kids. I lost my mom, my daddy. My, um, I mean, you know, what is it, what is it that you, you there, there is no hope. You know, I became a god within myself. Everything about me 
You know what I'm saying? If it wasn't about me and survival, then it didn't it didn't mean anything. And mm. and I was I was a hardcore atheist, and I remember I was in the woods of uh, Tennessee, uh, and uh, I had just got through talking to someone that was giving me this God thing that I called. I said, here go one of these God sermons, you know, talking about God, 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 because I hated God and Jesus Christ and everything is stood for. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember waking up, going to bed that night thinking, uh, uh, you know, there's no such thing as no God and this and that and this and that. And I, I said, if, if God was real, uh, I remember exactly what I said. I said, if God was real, uh I said, God, if you're real, and I saw a plant, Denise, and it was a, a tree that, uh, during the, uh, well, not a tree, but a shrub, that during different times of the day, uh, it would bub, you know, the bubs would, mm-hmm. you know, and then it would close back up, the other side would open up, blah, blah, blah. I said mm-hmm. one day, well, if God, if you're for real, speak directly to me. And what I want you to do is, I want you to open up the north side of this book for me in the morning. Just the north side. Right. Then I believe you. And I woke up the next day and it was open. Wow. But to show you why wow. an atheist, for me, that's a coincidence. See, uh, an atheist or somebody that's not really into God says coincidence. Somebody right. that's a Christian, they say predestination. You right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. anyway, there was a series of tests that I'd done. And there was one particular test I've done that scared me so bad mm. that I lost all atheistic viewpoints at that moment. Wow. I outlined it in running scared, and I immediately turned myself in the next day. Wow. That's how powerful oh my that goodness. was. Uh, that I hitchhiked a train on a train. That's how I got around was on a freight train. You'd be surprised how you can get get around the world on a freight train. But uh, I hitched the freight train from, from Memphis, Tennessee, to New Orleans and, and uh, walked into the police station and gave myself up after 22 years. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Why, Robert? Family, my, go ahead. No, no, you, no, go ahead. You said you saw your, your, saw well, your I was family. Just, I was just going to give you a little picture to, to look at. Okay. In the audience, yeah, in your listening audience. I'm going into the police station, and, and my family recognized myself up. So they all meet down there. You know, you can think about dozens of people, aunts, cousins, cousins, brothers and sisters, all just crying. Everybody's crying, hugging each other, everything, hugging me and everything while I'm I'm going into the surrender. If you can picture that moment, that's a very oh my goodness. Moment. I know they. Oh my goodness. I, I thought about like your mom as I. Oh my goodness, yeah. Robert. Why do you think? We run from God. Why do you think we run from God? And sometimes I think that's a lot of our, the different things we do in our relationships with with each other really goes back to our relationship with God. Why do you think we run from God? Do you think it's because we fear we'll be punished by God, like God's upset with us? And that that does come across in a lot of religions, almost like God is going to judge you and going to find that you came up short and God is gonna really lay it on you. Now, if, any, if you if you realize how powerful God is, if you think about that for a minute, you know how scared <laughs> you would get if your parent you just messed up in school and you know your parents gonna get you good. You would be scared, and some kids would even think, oh, "Well, I'm running away. I'm not going home taking that beating." But you think of how powerful God is, and then you know that God is gonna judge you every thought, everything you did. 
everything you didn't do that you, God wanted you to do. And if you come up short, God is going to lay it on you. This is the most powerful being beyond, beyond. There is no help for you, nothing. Who wouldn't run? Well, the thing about it is, the the problem is, is the reason why you are not as scared as God as you would be your parents or law enforcement or anybody else is because the the unlike years ago during the biblical days and these now the public the the punishment from God is not instantaneously. In other words, back in the biblical days when people did something wrong, He took them out right then and there for their sins. Now you can go and rob a bank. What get away with it? You might serve ten years, but the punishment is not instantaneous. You know what I'm trying to say? You know, mm-hmm. you, you're still going along about your business. I mean, you can go do you 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 and I probably committed a sin just through a thought this morning, but the punishment is not instantaneous. So if you don't feel the punishment, why recognize the power of it? You know, you, you know, you you know, what's the point? You know, that's true. But I think I think yeah. I think that I. This is just my personal view. I believe God is love, and I don't see how you can be love and 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 viciously angry to destroy your own created children. I, I that that I don't see that, and that every, people might not all agree with me on that point. But I think that's why some people do run from God. They're like God has done nothing for me. They can't see it, and God's not on my side. Especially if they came up in a very troubled childhood. And they say God's not on my side, and so why would I go to a a, a, a being that is, is only going to try to hurt me and 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 punish me? So to see, I, I I think God is love, and that you come to God and you come to be loved, and not to be have this powerful source start banging on you. <laughs> who would want to go? Who, anybody? Nobody in their right mind would go to a a, a being that they is going to kick them in the mouth. You want to go? No, you go to things that you feel like I'm going to be accepted and loved. I'm not going where I think somebody's going to kick me in the mouth. So that that I think that our perceptions of God personally cause us to run from God, and a lot of that can come from. And, I, and, I, and I and I agree with a lot of what you're saying, actually, because uh, I think that. Uh, but what I tell you this though: some of us need that uh, that punching in the mouth. I did. In other words, see, you can take you can take one person, you can take two kids that come out that are both brothers, and you can get one of them that is a hardcore criminal, and the other one can be a, a neurologist later in life. You know, even though they came up under the same parents, you follow what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is, there are some people you can talk to, or some people that will see the light. But then you have some people like me. God had to do this to me. Don't get me wrong when I say this. I'm not happy that I spent 22 years out there, but I understand it, that that's what it took for me. You follow what I'm saying? He had to completely take me out of it. Wow. What did he you had learn to about your do that to me. What did you learn about your now, But see, Robert, you were 23 years old. You 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 studied criminal law. I hear what you're saying. You became a police officer. You served three years on the force. I'm thinking three years is not enough time really to become hardened at what you did. But I could be wrong about that. What did you learn about yourself while you were on the run that you didn't know before, and that you might not have otherwise known about yourself? Had you not gone on the run for 22 years, what did you learn That's about? That's a good you? question. That's a good question because, uh, but it's sort of cloudy because uh, it's kind of difficult to answer only because I became a new creature in a bad way out there, and uh, that 
I think probably what I had learned more than anything was the amount, and and not trying to sound um, selfish or or pat myself on the back, but I think it was the amount of intelligence I had. You know, okay, because I was figuring out. Well, first of all, to be out there and live like that, do all that research, that shoot, that shows some intelligence in and of itself. Yes. And then you're going out there and you're improvising. I mean, so many times I had to improvise. I remember when uh, when I wrote Running Scared, uh, one of the people, the local news people here, did a documentary on my on my book, mm-hmm. on my story. And one of the things I was claiming in there is how when I would stay in desert environments, uh, like I was out in the Mojave Desert for some weeks, how I would make water when there was no water. And, of course, the news people are like, what do you mean? You mean make water. Right. And I said, I actually manufacture water. So when I laid out the scenario to him, now we're talking about intelligence, uh, but it was God-given intelligence for a little right. moment. When I, when, I laid out the, the intelli- the, when I laid out the scenario of how I made, actually made water, he took the thing and went to our college here at SU. He went to a biologist and asked him, was this possible? And the guy said, "Yeah, <laughs> you know." Wow. And, uh, so what I'm saying is, which, uh, which was very, it's my, it was improvising. Uh, it was ways that I would come up with to that would help me survive, uh, which w- was going because I don't want to leave your audience in the in the blue that probably some of them saying, "Well, how did you do it?" You know what I'm saying? Right. All you have to do is, is dig a hole, maybe six inches in the ground, and take your poncho or raincoat or any plastic thing, put it over the hole, but put your Put you like a coffee, like I use the old five-pound coffee can. You know what I'm talking about, the big coffee mm-hmm. can? And you put right. it in the hole, and you put your, your, your poncho or raincoat over it, and then you wait about three hours. And what happens is the sun shining on the raincoat or the poncho will make condensation on the underside, and you got dripping water. Wow. Now, even to, even, to, like even that, to come man. up with that, even right. to come That's up with that. Saying. And, and you know what, that that one thing I see, we all uh, perceive things differently. The way my mind works, I would see just how uh, how powerful the human mind is, that when you need to come up with a solution, and that that you could take your story from your experiences and you could focus on the uh, uh, exposing police corruption to clean it up, not to, like, just get cops in trouble, but to clean it up. So that we do have better law, you know, law enforcement and police departments from that angle. And you could also almost share your story from a motivational aspect for people. Like, let's say somebody has been out of work for several years and they're about to give up, or somebody is about they just they don't know how to come up with the money so they don't lose their home. You could show from your own personal experiences that the, the human mind can find an answer. To just about any situation, you you got life experiences you could share with somebody. You think it's over because you couldn't couldn't get a job in so many years. I spent 22 years on the lamb, and I'm telling you that the human mind is capable of finding a, a solution to a lot of problems that you might not think a solution exists to. I mean, you got life experiences that, as, as a motivational speaker, you could do that. I wanted to ask you next: How long did it take you to write Running Scared? And were you writing down any of your experiences while you were out out on the lam? No, when I was out on the lam, I was just out on the lam. I was living in, it was like a dog, just living in the moment. You know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. when I came back in, I had the first a uh, lot of people, including the judge, because I want you to keep in mind, and I think I should say this too real early, uh, two important things to your listeners. First of all, uh, I surrendered, and uh, the judge, uh, uh, because of the DA was pushing for me to still, because I was still looking at 30 years. Uh, mm-hmm. The the judge wanted me, I mean, the DA was pushing for time because he wanted to show other police officers or show them an example. Uh, but the judge refused to give me a day behind behind prison, so that was gone there. She released me with no time served. And she wow. was one of the ones that said that you should write a book about this journey. So the DA mm. was saying, Your Honor, the reason why we need to put him in jail is because he's going to write a book talking about how I fooled law enforcement. You're following oh. me for 22 years. And she looked at me and said, no, I, I think he's going to write a book, but I don't think it's going to be that kind of book. And as you see by reading the book, you know, I give all praise wow. to God and, and, and try to get people not to go that route. And so the other thing I want to say is, is to your listeners is that I don't profit directly off of running scared. If you notice, I think you already know, uh, most of my profits are donated to women and children abuse centers. Wow. Uh, oh, my so goodness. I think that's oh my important goodness. for them to know that when they buy this book, they're not helping me out directly to pay my rent or put gas in my tank, but it's going to places like St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Wow. Which is my oh, favorite, my goodness. Uh, and we thank you for that, Robert. How did yeah. you – we only have 10 minutes left. This show is just speeding by so fast. How did know, you uh, – uh, uh, before we talk about how listeners can get copies of your books, how did you – I just can't imagine it. 18 out of 20 years probably, you said, in the in the woods, in the desert – how did you keep your mind? I mean, I think I would have gone nuts. I, I really do. How? I, I, and I can tell from talking to you that you're sane. How did you? I, I just don't think I could have done it. I don't even know how did you do it. <laughs> well, yeah, you brought the point. Say that was one of the things that I had to do when I came in when the court released me is that I had to be seen by a psychiatrist and a psychologist for a uh, two-and-a-half-year probationary period to make sure I was safe, you know what I'm saying? Because they didn't want me going out there killing nobody, you know? Right. And uh, eventually I, I flew through that with no problem. And, and, and matter of fact, they had to come in and give a report to the judge, and the psychologist said he got more sense than I got. So, you know, everything. <laughs> but but going back to what you're saying, I, there was no book. That was the only book I couldn't find in the library. There's no book to tell you how to maintain your sanity when you're when you're away from society. Yes. And, you know, there is no, no, no book on that. And and so that was the one thing that that had to be uh, how you say learned on the job, and uh, I I I kept myself even see what I did is I took an abnormal situation and made it normal. I had things I had a routine that I had out in the woods, and that's what, how I beat it. You have to develop oh. even in the woods. I was able to develop a routine around a certain time of the day I would do my hunting, a certain time oh. of the day I would do my plant gathering. Certain time of day I would do my exercises. Certain time of day I would do my reading. You have to pace yourself because I don't. I didn't have no radio where I was at. They couldn't get a radio signal out there anyway. And uh, you know, all I had was my books and uh, and my mind. And so, wow. You could go to a library. You can nowadays uh, because keep in mind when I ran, I was in the seventies. Right now, in two thousand eleven. You can go in your local library in Barnes and Nobles and find a book about survival, and if you, you're studious enough, you can figure it out. The point is, the problem you're going to have is being able to keep your mind right without yes. going insane. That's right. going to be your problem, and and and, and that's why many oh, people that goodness. came out in the, 
Woods and saw me, they gave themselves up when they committed crimes after about two weeks. They said, I can't do this. They said, I just can't do this, oh. you know. And uh, oh, to me, it was like. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I, I just found it. I'm fascinated because you got people, again, who served in wars, and they know how to, they know how to manage in in nature, but their mind is gone. I mean, it's gone. Right. It is right. gone. And 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 right. I just I just find that amazing. What has readers' response been like to Running Scared? And then tell us where our listeners, off the shelf listeners, can get copies of Running Scared. Uh, it's, it's it's been well received by now, also by law enforcement uh, because now they see uh, well since they read the book that I always how I admonish uh, officers to try to be honorable and I and I let the people know in my book. You know how to detect a bad cop. You know what to do if you get. You know I also talk about on my website. You know thing I give good advice about. You know uh, about uh, how to detect a bad cop. You know what to do to say if you're arrested. How to avoid rape, the crime of rape. I give a lot of uh, good tips on there, and uh, the book can be got you know out of any uh, store now. It's Barnes and Nobles or you know whatever the all the biblical stores and. So for because uh, I was blessed, uh, Denise, and then my book, and you know how hard it is to get a publisher. Period. Mm-hmm. But uh, my book is internationally published. So I just saw my first book written in Chinese last week, and I just thought, Wow! Out. Congratulations! <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, that's congratulations! Wild, yeah, wow! That's but, uh, all they have to do is Google Robert Leon Davis, and they'll see my book, and it'll lead them to my website, and they'll see my many articles and. What I'm doing now to try to help uh, eradicate this police, uh, this corruption stuff. Is your and, book uh, available you know, as an e-format? Can people get it as an e-format? E-format, too, yeah. E-format on Amazon, yeah, just across the board. I mean, they, they can get it in the e-format and read it. And, uh, uh, they, you know, it's, it's available in any kind of venue you can think of now because it it's internationally done now. So, like I said, I'm, I'm still receiving books from you know, written in Yiddish and written in the Netherlands. Wow. I'm just just thanking God every day that, you know, how I, if you told me uh, 30 years ago that I was going to go through this journey, go through 22 years of this, write three books and come back out saying, I would have thought you lost your mind, you know. Wow. And how many well, years have, has it been that you've been free, that you've been you turned free, yourself in? Uh, what, about nine or ten years since 2002, since 2002. Uh, oh, my free, and, oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my goodness! Has anybody don't think I don't enjoy it. Oh, oh my goodness! Has anybody ever approached you and said they want to do a movie on your story? Yeah, my manager been entertaining some offers. We've been entertaining some offers uh, on doing a movie based on my life. Uh, my biggest thing with them before I would sign off and go with that would be that they, uh, you know, movie companies and production companies like to sensationalize all the movies. You oh, know? yeah. And I got no problem with that because that sells, and I, I get it, okay? You know, I understand economics. But uh, before I sign on to have a producer do it, I have to have somebody that's going to ultimately give God the credit at the end. Wow. Oh, my goodness. You know, oh, my goodness. If I, if I oh find one that give him the credit for the journey, then I have no problem with it. You know? Oh, my goodness. Now, be- before you, before you... Went on the lamb with, with only four minutes left. Were you a, were you did you believe in God before and then you became an atheist after after you you got you know faced the charges and having to go to this this prison that was one of the hardest prisons in the country or did you mm. were you always an atheist and then you know your no. whole life would you say no believed in God first because come up underneath a godly grandmother you know. 
And you know okay. how grandma is. They don't play by God. It, uh, right. It, uh, so I, I believed in God, and then and then became an atheist in uh, around 1979 when I went on the run, and stayed like that for 22 years until that event happened in 2002. And, uh, wow. Thinking, wow. Man, that was just something. That was just a period in my life that just wow. And you got to keep in mind, you know, I'm looking back now at all this. It's amazing because, like I said, you're talking about when it first happened. I was 23 years old. Uh, I'm 55 now, Denise, so that's like a world ago. You know what I'm saying? And, and, oh my and goodness! I, you know, it's it's just a, it's just a, it's surreal. You know what I'm saying? Looking back at it at it all, and I'm a free man. I mean, you know, I'm I'm and I'm sitting out here now, looking at the window, looking at the sun shining on the plants. Wow! You know, and, and, oh my and goodness! Many a day, I I woke up looking at that, but it was deep in the in the woods. Now I'm in a major metropolitan city, a free man, never having to look over my shoulder again. Wow! Now 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 you're when did you have your children and if your if your mom and your your father still living have they read the book and did that help them if there were any any hurdles to overcome 22 years you know in your relationship especially with your children did that help them to understand you better so oh, yeah. Yeah. To all my all my kids read the book all my brothers and sisters and everybody if you could imagine it sort of proud of me in a proud way you know, wow. uh, because of because of where I, where I was and where I came from, and and, and all the press I'm receiving now, uh, you know, to to one time be successful, to one time be successful in the field as a police officer, and then drop and become a corrupt and go down, and then you you're not successful again for 22 years. Now you're successful wow. as an author and a journalist. That's a big turnaround. Yes, and you, know, so and you do. I, this, and, and rightfully so. And I visited your website, and you do give out so many tips, particularly, uh, you know, as a female, the ones, or, or as a woman, the ones that you gave to women on how to avoid, you know, some some situations that like rape and right. whatnot that women happen to women. Right. I really some of the advice that you gave, and and particularly where you say, uh, don't even you you can't like say I'm gonna leave my door open for so you can't you don't know who's gonna come past. And you don't know your neighbors even as well as you might think you do. So um, <laughs> really don't. I, I, no, and, and I appreciated that, and I encourage our off-the-shelf listeners, whether they're women or men, to go over to your website because you have tons and tons of tips how to how to respond. <laughs> and, you know, if, you, if a, a officer stops you, and I've heard other people say that. Don't my sister used to be a police officer? She said, "Get the cop's badge number." And oh yeah. My sister has said something. She said, "If you can't, if." If possible, don't get out of your car, my sister said. Right. Don't get right. out of your if car. Possible. Once you get out of your car with a police officer, sometimes things are going to go very, very wrong. Now, that's what she told me. Yeah. Obey the cop. And she said if a cop pulls you over into a isolated area, just ask them, can we pull, can we pull over like in front of the 7-Eleven or somewhere where other people are and it's well lit? She said, "Don't go off into no isolated area with a cop." She said, "Well, you, you, you over. actually, Denise, if you get stopped by a car late at night, especially a female isolated area, you legally don't even have to stop there. But you know, you shouldn't speed. You, should, you can you can ignore that particular stop right there and go to the nearest fire station, uh, convenience market, anywhere where there are people at. You understand what I'm saying? Right. And then mm-hmm. when he stops you and he's going to be mad or whatever, you just tell him, you know, I didn't want to stop there. It's, it's isolated right. there. And I, I don't, you know, and, and believe me, he even if he gave you a ticket for something other than what he was stopping you for, the DA would throw it out of court once he would hear your, your case because it's recognized that a female, especially a female, can do that in an isolated place late at night. 
Yes, it's, and it's that's, better for you to do that and live than, than stay there oh, and get yeah. raped by a cop. Oh, yeah. Or somebody pretending to be a cop who's not really Or somebody that. pretending oh. to be a cop, yeah. Yeah, so so um, I encourage everybody to go. Can you give us your website URL before you close, please, so our listeners can go over there? You have so many wonderful tips, Robert, if you could just give that the, before we wrap the, up the show. The best way for them to get to my site is simply Google Robert Leon Davis. Uh, okay, Google Robert Leon Davis. Way, that's all you have to do is Google Robert Leon Davis in the search box, and it'll be tons and tons of pages on me in there, and it'll lead you to my website. And uh, uh, they can they can look, and they have a way they can contact me if they want to ask me questions direct. You know, I'm, I'm available for that also. Wow, he has so many tips, and and I just thank you so much. And I encourage everybody to go to Robert Leon Davis, the author of Running Scared website, because there might be some tips on there that in your lifetime could really help you out when you, that you might not even know. Uh, this experience is maybe a couple of years down the road in your life that you could reference that will help you just the way he read the books on surviving in nature. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I can't, this hour went by so fast. Oh, my goodness. I tell you, it's, it is, you are a true testament to what God can do. Oh, my goodness. I can't Some believe an hour passed already. It seems like yes. I've been on the phone five minutes. <laughs> we, have, we have our normal lives that people can to give testimony to what God has done. And then I've had people, like one of our, our guests who lost her husband and a daughter in a, in a train crash, and one of her daughters was severely burned. That, those kind of stories when people recover really, really have an impact. And so your story, just I, I just uh, phenomenally amazing. I won't be surprised if in a couple of years I look up and see a movie about you and I go, ah! I won't be yeah. surprised because you, you, you don't have an everyday story, that's for sure. So I want to thank you for being here on Off the Shelf and what, you, what you're doing with the proceeds from Running Scared and how you continue to share tips with people that can help them in their own lives and how with the work that you're doing to try to not not get cops in trouble but to help clean up the force the for- so it can become what it has all was always meant to be. So I thank you for that, and thank you for being here with us. And I thank our off-the-shelf listeners. Go and Google Robert Leon Davis, the author of Running Skid. You will be so glad that you did. And I want to tell you, like I always tell all our off-the-shelf listeners, you're so incredibly valued, and, and you, you just – tremendously, tremendously needed for what you do and who you are out here in the universe. Go out and create a wonderful, marvelous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday at 11 o'clock where we'll have another awesome guest here to share wonderful information with you here on Off the Shelf. Robert, thank you so much, and I'll shoot you an email. Bye for now. Take care.